0: guys. Let's go to the word. Amen. I'm excited about word time. Everybody say it's word time. time. Go with me, if you will, to the gospel according to St. John chapter number 14. Uh, And we're going to begin our reading, uh, if you will, at verse number 27. Verse number 27. We've been talking about be still and know. We talked about Jehoshaphat and we talked about the fact that he set himself to seek the Lord when sudden fear rose in his heart. So today I want to kind of see if we can put a bow on, on, on that series and talking about conquering your fear. This is a, a conquering your fears because all of us, if we're honest about it, have fears. But remember when I told you in this teaching that there is constructive fear and there's destructive fear. Jehoshaphat Amen. when he set himself to seek the Lord, sudden fear came, that sudden fear that that arises that makes makes you think that ain't nothing going to work out. That sudden fear that comes up. But Jehoshaphat didn't allow that to stay because he set himself to seek the Lord. Uh, Constructive fear is healthy for us because God gives us that mechanism on the inside of us to tell us that danger is ahead. That danger lurks around the corner. And so constructive fear helps to build us up. But destructive fear, which we're going to see the enemy has a great part to play in that, seeks to push us down, seeks to destroy us, or to tear us down. So John, St. John, the 14th chapter, verse number 27, can you all read along with me? It says, what peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world give it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be what? Afraid. Can we back up and read this one more time? Who's talking, guys? Jesus is is talking here, and he's sharing, amen, with his followers in this passage right here. And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. He says, my peace. Now, again, the peace that Jesus gives, uh, 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 cameo, is different from the world's peace. Do you all understand that? You know, we talk a lot about peace on earth and people trying to hold peace summits and all that. That's cool and, and find its place. But but this kind of peace that we're talking about goes beyond that. Jesus says, uh, my peace I give unto you, not as the world give it, give I unto you. He says, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, Jesus says this, and i shared with you on the last couple of Sundays that the most often repeated commandment in the Holy Scriptures is the command to fear not or don't be afraid. God constantly in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament consistently tells us, do not be afraid fear not. If he's telling us to not be afraid and to don't fear, then if we're operating and we're moving in a consistent state of fear, then something is wrong with our walk of faith. Because if God tells us to fear not, then that means that we have the capacity not to fear or not to walk around in destructive fear. Can I get a witness? And so, so God's will for us is is peace. It, it's 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 to have shalom. Shalom is another word for what? Peace. Go with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter number four, verse number six. Philippians chapter number four, verse number six. Conquering your fears, because all of us have them, and some of you know some of us are walking in destructive fear. Amen. And we're going to look at those things. And see the origin of it and so that we can make sure that we as a body of believers and you as an individual Christian are not operating in a spirit of fear. The text says this, be careful for nothing, but in everything by what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse number seven says what? And the what? Peace of God, the shalom, the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds, what? Through Christ Jesus. Let's read that very same passage from the New Living Translation, Philippians chapter four, verses number six and seven. I, I, I gotta get this down in your spirit. I gotta get us as a body of believers to understand that us individually have to overcome and conquer those fears in our life. Those fears of that, that we talked about Uh, those things that break the peace in our life. The text says, don't worry about anything. Instead, what? Pray about everything. So my question to you today, as a born-again believer, how much stuff you've been worrying about? Can I ask you that again? How much stuff in your individual life have you spent time worrying about? Huh? Because the text says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? So when's the last time you prayed about everything that came up in your life? Tell God what you need and what? Thank him for all he has done. Look at verse number seven. It says what? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will do what? Will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I don't know about anybody in here, but I want the peace of God, that 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 supernatural peace that keeps me from being fearful. I want that peace to be guarding my heart and guarding my mind. Because when that peace guards my heart and it guards my mind, it puts me in a position to where I do not worry. Can I get a witness up here? Talking about conquering your fears. Now, guys. Uh Jehoshaphat, amen, we know that he experienced a victory uh, in that particular situation, and he had the enemy coming up against him. Uh, how many of y'all have ever felt like you've been under attack by the enemy in your life? Let me see your hands right quick. You ever felt like the enemy was, was attacking you, trying to, to, to drive you crazy, trying to mess with you mentally, to mess with you physically, to try to get you off course, to get you out of the will of God, amen, for your life. He's, he's constantly throwing things our way. But guys, I'm, I'm here to tell you, if God told us to fear not, if God told us we can walk in perfect peace, amen, then we can do th- we can do so. He, he would not have told us that if we would, didn't have the capacity to do that. Otherwise, he would be an unjust God. Now, guys, we begin to talk about some things, and I shared with you that some common threads that that will break the peace in our life. We talked about the fact that when we get unexpected bad news, that can cause the peace to be broken in our life, right? Some news that we did not see coming. It's one of those okey-doke punches, that came from out of left field, you didn't see it coming, and all of a sudden, sudden fear rises up. Medical emergency, those type things that come up. Unexpected bad news, a phone call, uh, 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 a knock on the door from the sheriff, whatever that may be, unexpected bad news. Next thing that breaks the peace is relational breakdowns. When we have relational breakdowns, it, 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 it drives peace out of our life, right? I told you before, it's a sad thing when you have to go to work or be involved in the community and you come back home and you don't have relational connection at home. That's a bad feeling, isn't it? And so that relational breakdown will cause you not to operate in peace. It'll take the shalom out of your life if you let it. Can I get a witness? We talked about relational breakdown. We talked about financial problems. How many of you know financial problems can break the peace <laughs> in your life, right? If you're sitting there worrying about how you're going to pay the rent, uh, you know, all your money is spent, baby need a pair of shoes, rent bill, dude, light bill, too, telephone di- connect, waiting on the next paycheck, See, see see our, our, our mentality and our, our, our way of approaching life should never be in that in in that in that sense of, of thinking that line of thinking but but it happens because when financial problems occur it'll suck the peace out of your life can I get one witness up in here financial problems can break peace uh, Moral failures. Can break peace. We talked about that before. Moral failures—those things that 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 when we mess up and we do something that's wrong, even though we're saved, we made a bad choice. Not just a bad choice. We made a sinful choice. Because sometimes I told you before, in the church, I believe that we don't deal with some stuff in our life sometimes because we try to sugarcoat it or make it seem less bad, uh, uh, less less. What am I trying to say? We make it seem like it's not as big a deal as it is. But I believe that if we're going to ever uh, get beyond certain stuff in our life, we got to call it just what it is. It, it, it needs to sound as nasty as it is nasty. Hello? Can I get a witness? We got to call it exactly what it is. Sin If if you lied... You need to say, "God, I lied today on the job, in order to get a sale, and that was not that, that that's not your will for my life." I told that person something so they could buy my that product, so I could get my commission, and I lied, God. That's wrong. Don't be saying, "Well, you know, hey, just you're sale, you're sale, you know, sell, you sell, you got to you got you got to pump the product up." No, you lied. Can I get a witness? You got to call it exactly what it is. When you when you, when you you touch somebody on their behind, you shouldn't have touched them on their behind and called it exactly what it is to my, oh, excuse me, no, it wasn't excuse me, you intentionally tried to touch them. How many of y'all guys remember back in high school? Yeah. You guys all know me about it. now. I like being transparent and real. And some of you guys remember going out in the hallways in high school when the hallways were crowded. You, you <sighs> can I get some help on him, brothers? I mean, I know we've been delivered now, right? We've been delivered. We've been delivered, but if we just go back, you're going out in the hallway and you see this fine sister. You and you kind of intentionally kind of rub up against her. That's before you were saved, before you got your mind right. I need one brother in here who can say, I know what you're talking about, pastor. Okay, good, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the hallway, trying to accidentally but intentionally, Uh uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, see, but you got to call it what it is. God, my little nasty mind took over, and I intentionally tried to rub up against that sister. Hello. It wasn't, I just, I made a mistake. No, you, you went and, 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 and you kissed somebody who wasn't your spouse and not a holy kiss. You put your tongue in her mouth and when you pray, you say, God, forgive me because I put my tongue in her mouth and kissed her in an inappropriate way. (laughs) Forgive me. Don't be sorry, well, you know, I just, God, I made a mistake and, you know, things went the way that that, that I didn't expect them to go. Stop all that, stop thinking in tongues and parables. (laughs) Call sin what it is. No. I had sex with him and I'm not married to him, God. And your Bible calls that fornication, it calls it sexual immorality and God, I, I, I did it. No, I just made a mistake and things got heated and you know how one thing led to the other. Now call it what it is. When you start calling stuff what it is, it sounds a little bit uglier because sin is ugly, but we try to dress our sin up. Well, you know, I didn't tell you because I didn't want to upset you. No, you lied to me. See that, that sounds a little bit better. I didn't tell you when you asked me that I said no, but it really was yes. But I said no because I didn't want to upset you. Your blood pressure been a little high. <laughs> you got to call sin what it is. See, see, when we don't call it what it is, we make we make ourselves feel better about ourselves. But when you when you do something that's wrong, call it out. Amen. So, but moral failures. will will break peace in our life because when you have a moral failure, first thing you want to know is you, you want to find out who all knows about it. And then what's going to be the response of the person whom I'm in relationship with when I made the moral failure? Would that break my relationship forever? Or would that person forgive me and allow us to restore relationship? So moral failures will cause fear. Impending death causes fear. Causes fear, it breaks the shalom, the peace in our life. So, guys, these are things that we have to, you know, we know that they come up. That's a myriad of other things that that arise in our life that will cause us, amen, to 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 have fear. But we know that Jesus said, My peace I leave with you. I'm giving you peace that the world did not give you. And so, If he gives us peace that the world did not give us, and that peace, he says, will guard our hearts and our minds, then why are we walking in the very command that the Bible says most often we should not do, which is fear not. Check your Bible. Run the reference. Do a concordance check. You can Google, just Google, scriptures on fear, and they'll, they'll pop up. And you see that God... Does not want his children to operate in fear. Go to go go, go back with me to Second Timothy. Y'all know this from Second Timothy, chapter number one, verse number seven. And then I want to I, I, I want to talk to you just for a little bit about what does destructive fear do in our lives. And I'm going to look at from the book of Deuteronomy the first chapter. And then we're going to we're going to share with you some things, uh, some some steps to uh, overcome, some strategy for overcoming your fear. Amen. Because if the Bible says this, watch what the text says. Y'all with me? Let's read together. It says what? For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. He says a sound mind, power, love, and a sound mind, or power, love, and self-discipline. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So if a spirit of fear is abiding in us, Brother Gary, where did it come from? What's the origin of that fear? And we got to discover that in order to be able to overcome it. Can I get a witness up in here? So, so, so what does destructive fear, because we say there are two types of fear, right? Constructive fear, which, is, is, which means that when the Bible says fear God, that means reverence God. That means have reverential respect for God. That's good. Amen? But when the Bible says, fear not, don't don't be dismayed by the enemy that's surrounding you, that kind of fear is destructive fear because it's designed to to, to bring you down. That fear that says you're not going to make it, that's coming from the enemy. So go with me right quick, if you will. Go to Deuteronomy, the first chapter, verse number 19. So what does destructive fear do in our lives? Let's let's look at this real quick, okay? What does destructive fear do in our lives? We're going to take a look at God's people, the children of Israel, because you know the Bible does tell us that a lot of the things that happened to the nation of Israel were written for our admonition and for our instruction. So, I've told y'all this before, if I can learn from somebody else hitting their head up against the wall, then I, that, that, if I can learn from that, then I'll, I won't hit my head up against that same wall. I love all of y'all, but I'd rather learn from your mistakes than me making that mistake on my own. And how many know you can learn from others' mistakes? Can I get a witness up in there? You can, and you ought to learn from others' mistakes. You ought to, you, you, we ought to be to learn from the children of Israel and say, "I'm not going to go down that same road." So, so, what does destructive fear do in our lives? First thing, I want you to just make a note of this, and this—I don't have this on the PowerPoint, but make a note of this. Fear, number one, to my destructive fear, fear disregards God's plan. That's what fear does. Fear disregards God's plan. Now watch watch this. Look at what the text says here. Uh, in Deuteronomy 1, 19, says, Then, just as the Lord our God commanded us, we left Mount Sinai and traveled through the great and terrifying wilderness, as you yourselves remember, and headed toward the hill country of the Amorites. The text says what? Uh, when we arrived at Kadesh, Bonilla. The text says this, I said to you, watch this, you have now reached the hill country of the Amorites that the Lord our God is what? Is giving us. He's he's doing what? He's giving us. Look at verse number 21. Let's read. It says what? Look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you. Let let, let me spiritualize this just for a second because, see, this is talking about a historical event that happened to God's chosen nation after he delivered them out of slavery in Egypt. He says, look, he has placed the land in front of you Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Look at what he says, though. Watch this. Look at this. Can we read it? Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Everybody say, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Now, now he, he says he's placing it in front of you. Some of you all are sitting there right now, and God has placed the land in front of you. I'm talking from a spiritual standpoint. God has placed the opportunity in front of you. God has placed, amen, the way out in front of you. But some of us are afraid, and some of us have become discouraged because of our past experiences. He says, Look, He has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Don't be afraid. There it is again. Don't be afraid. And don't be discouraged. See, God's God's promise, God's mandate was very clear to his people. He says, here's your land. I provide it for you. Now go over and take it. Now, it's interesting to me, guys, that they had prevailed over Pharaoh's army. Y'all know the story. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. Tell Martha not tomorrow. Pharaoh's army got drowned in the Red Sea. Oh, Mary, you don't have to weep. Martha, you don't have to mourn, okay? Because Pharaoh's army got y'all. Remember the story. Y'all remember uh, some of y'all may not read your Bible, but you remember the Ten Commandments when you were growing up, didn't you? Charlton Heston, who was the director, Cecil B. DeMille's, I believe. When when you know, and you, if you go back and look at that Ten Commandments back then, that movie, the graphics then were way less superior than what it is now. But you got the gist of the story, right? Uh, the, God had delivered them out of slavery in Egypt. Brought them on this journey through the wilderness, amen. Uh, and and and, but they couldn't take a stand against the final obstacle. Guys, watch this. Watch this. They came out of slavery in Egypt, crossed over the Red Sea, overcame all the obstacles on this difficult journey. Me, you you're having a million something folks that you're taking on a journey, amen. Uh, and they got to the cusp of the Promised Land. What this? promise is being repeated to them, he has placed the land in front of you, go and occupy it, but one obstacle caused them not, this entire generation, not to take the land. What was it? The obstacle of fear. Fear caused them not to take it. All of us, guys, in our own individual lives may be standing at the gateway of God's greatest promise for our lives. But we'll never claim his promises. We'll never claim his blessings if we let fear dominate our lives. We won't do it. Because remember, remember, Paul told Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear but a power, love, and what? A sound mind. God has a promised land. God has a blessing with your name on it. I like that song, God's got a blessing with my name on it. He's an individual, he's a personal God. He has a blessing with your name on it. He has a promised land with your name on it and he wants you to step toward that land and, and shout with a cry of victory. I used to love that song we sang on Bible Sunday night. Victory is mine, victory is mine. Victory today is mine. How many of y'all remember that? I told Satan... Get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Come on, say it with me. Come on. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. There we go. Victory today is mine. What did you tell him? What did you tell him? Victory. How about I need some joy today, brother? Joy. All right, y'all can stop. Y'all stop. Y'all stop. Y'all stop. Y'all stop. Victory is mine. But guys, they had saw his delivering power. They had been in slavery for 400 plus years in Egypt. God sent the deliverer Moses down to Egypt land and told Pharaoh to let my people go. They saw the miracles that were performed, yet when they get to the threshold of the promised land, Fear arises. Can I get a witness? So, fear will cause you to disregard God's plan. It was God's plan for this generation that is being spoken to here to possess the land. But just because God has something for you, don't mean that you're gonna get it. I've heard people say, well, if, God, if, if God's got it for you, if it's for you, it's for you. If not, it's not. Sometimes we don't experience the promised land blessing because We let fear overtake us. Just because God has it for you don't mean that you're going to possess it. He had this land for this generation. They didn't possess it, but their kids did. Now watch this, watch this. He says, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. So fear disregards God's plan. Second thing that fear does is write this down. Fear will distort God's purposes. Fear will distort God's purposes, amen? Because they should have been, just like I was re- singing that song, Victory is Mine, they should, have been, they should have been singing that same song because God had promised them, he, they saw his faithfulness, but, but fear rose up. I'm going to read something to you right quick before I get back to Deuteronomy. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna go to Romans, the 8th chapter, and I want to look at verse number 15 right quick. Romans the 8th chapter, verse number 15. We ought to have a a victory cry. We ought to have a battle cry that we we can uh, project out every day of the week. Look at what Romans 8 and 15 says. So you have not received a spirit, watch this, that makes you fearful slaves. Some of y'all are sitting here in this church, born again, yes, but you are a slave to fear. See, when you're in slavery, you can't do certain things. You can't make certain moves. The text says, so you have not received, as a born-again believer, you you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Watch this. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him what? Abba father we call abba words, that abba is, is, is a is a is a term of endearment it means we call him daddy see when you say daddy that's even a little bit more intimate than father how many of y'all call your dad father most of us didn't but 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 you when you say daddy that means that there is a a level of intimacy in the relationship and what the text saying right here is Paul writes to the saints at Rome. He says, you, you, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves, but instead you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him daddy, father, amen? We have intimacy with God, so why are we afraid? So go back, go back to Deuteronomy right quick. Deuteronomy, look at verses 27, chapter one, verse 27 and 28. So we said, number one, fear disregards God's plan. Number two, fear distorts God's purposes. It'll distort God's purposes. Fear distorts our view, how we see things. Watch what the text says. Look at the text says, right? Y'all with me? Can we read together? Let's read all the way through. You complained in your tents and said, the Lord must hate us. That's why he has brought us here from Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to be slaughtered. Think about this. This is God's people, his children, whom he delivered from Egypt, brought them out of slavery, crossed the Red Sea. They watched Pharaoh's army drown in the Red Sea. On the cusp of the Promised Land, now they in the tent complaining. Oh, Lord Jesus. Look, look, he brought us from Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to be slaughtered. Look at the next verse. Read it, Read with me. Where can we go? Our brothers have demoralized us with their report. They tell us the people of the land are taller and more powerful than we are and their towns are lost. With walls rising high into the sky, we even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak Watch this, now watch this, because y'all know the story, 12 spies went over to the land, 10 came back with this report here. Now, I need you to think about something for a second. How many times have you been on the cusp of the promised land in your life, and because of fear, you start talking to yourself like this? They tell us the people of the land are taller and more powerful than we are. Or, no, this is not, what we don't say that in our own promised land situation or our own opportunity, we say, well, they got all the money. They got all the resources. I can't. We can't. They got all the power or whoever's got all the power, the man. I told you all before, give me that man's name so I can call him and tell him to get his foot off your neck. <laughs> Guys, we serve a God. And hear me carefully. If you don't hear anything else, we serve a God Who's able to bring you out of Egypt, to bring you out of bondage, to bring you out of whatever state you are in. And until you start believing that above your experience, you'll never experience the power of God in your life at the level that you could. We sit up there talking to ourselves, telling ourselves the exact opposite of what God has told us. Well, you know, just common sense. Pastor. Well, faith ain't got nothing to do with common sense. That's your problem right now, common sense. See, when you're a Christian, you got to learn to walk by faith and not by sight and not by your experience and not by what's hidden at you in the past. See, some of us are still bound up in slavery in our minds. And God is saying, I'm trying to loose you, set you free. I got to land a promise for you. When I say When I say that, spiritually speaking, again, this thing happened to Israel, but it 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 is a lesson, a life lesson for you and I today in the year 2018. Those things were written, the Bible says, about Israel for our admonition and for our instruction. The things that they are doing here, we should not find that happening in our life. He says, the people of the land are taller and more powerful than we are, and their towns are large with walls rising high into the sky. If you look at the the uh, the parallel account of this in Numbers the 13th chapter, we won't go there right now, but it gives you even greater insight as to what was going on in their minds. They they said, if you look at the numbers, the count says they said in their own minds, we look at ourselves as grasshoppers. In other words, they saw themselves as less than capable. And see, until you start seeing yourself as being capable, able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you, then you continue to let the enemy tell you those lies. Yes. Or even it's not even the enemy, you tell yourself that. You start speaking to yourself, I look like a grasshopper. I'm small. I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough resources. Let me tell you something, child of God, if you will get the word of God on your situation and learn to trust the word rather than what you can see, God will do supernatural things through your life. Fear will distort God's purpose. Third thing that fear does, write, write this down, make sure you get this. Fear discourages God's people. Fear discourages God's people. You know, how many many of y'all know that discouragement is contagious? It it, it can be real contagious. And when one person gets discouraged and starts talking down, then a lot of other folks can get discouraged and start talking down. I I like to use athletics because athletics was a big part of my life. And I thank God for the lessons I learned. But one of the things I learned in athletics, uh, particularly in the, in the sport of football and in other sports, you, you find this happening. You can have one negative person, one discouraged person on a team, and that can spread throughout the whole team. Think about this for a second. How may, Some of y'all may or may not remember. That was a, I forget who they were playing. This was a playoff game uh, Years ago, up in Tennessee, I believe it was. Tennessee Titans were playing somewhere, and they were down by I don't know some three or four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And people had started to leave the stands, um, and uh, and because you know that's what fans do. They're fanatics. They fanatic. They fanatics when you win, and but they, but they become unfanatic when you lose. They start leaving the game. But then they made this miraculous comeback, and, and there have been stories uh, and, and accounts of things like that that happened over the years, where 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 the the momentum turned. And if you had to d- listen to that discouraged guy who was complaining on the sideline, and st- instead of being upbeat, saying, "Hey guys, we're not out of this yet. Hey, we- there's still time on the clock. There's some things that we can do. Get a couple of stops here. Get a turnover, and we can be right back in the ball game." I can remember, guys, when I was playing. I would place scenarios over in my mind, even when uh, from the outside, it looked obvious like we were getting ready to lose. Uh, but I would always say, okay, we get an interception, run back for a touchdown, then get an onside kick and recover that, and then recover another onside kick and throw it for a touchdown, then we can win. <laughs> that, that, that was my mindset. Even though the odds were stacked against the KD, in my mind, I could see us doing that kind of stuff. But you know what? But that happens, amen, uh, you know, in, in, in sporting events sometimes because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's amazing how if we'll learn to catch the positivity rather than negativity, yes. then we can turn situations around. Are yes. oh, y'all listening to me? What? I, got, I got to move here. But, but, but guys, f- fear discourages God's people. Discouragement is contagious. The word discourage means to take away courage to discourage, those 12 guys who came back and says, it's just like God promised, but we can't take it. We look like grasshoppers to our own selves. So how do you view yourself? That's the question that I, I got for all of y'all in here today, and me included. How do we view ourselves? How do we see ourselves? Do we see ourselves as, as small church Three, 400-member church that can only do so much? Or do we see us, ourselves as God's vessel who is trusting God to be able to advance kingdom principles throughout this world right here from Benton, Louisiana? Amen. How do you see yourself? And so we got to start looking at ourselves different. So fear discourages God's people. The fourth thing that fear does, fear, fear disbelieves God's promises. It'll, fear will cause you to disbelieve God's promises. That can't happen. I ain't never seen it happen. Well, God is telling them this. Look in Deuteronomy 1, 29 through 33 right quick. Look at verse 29. Let's go. It says, but I said to you, now they, they were complaining. They were in the tent saying, you boys out here to kill us. But I said to you, don't be shocked or afraid of them. God was constantly telling them, don't be shocked or afraid of them. Look at verse number 30. Let's read. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do in Egypt. See, put God in remembrance of his word and you need to to go back in your mind and remember what God did for you last year, what he did for you five years ago. Listen, he says he will fight for you just like you saw him do in Egypt. Didn't he heal it five years ago? Didn't he make a way out of no way two months ago? Come on. Didn't he, didn't, didn't he, didn't he, didn't he restore the relationship? Huh? Didn't he give you a raise? Didn't he open the door for you to get that promotion? If he did it then, can't he do it now? Is anything too hard for God? says he will fight for you just as you saw him do in Egypt. Look at the next verse. Come on, got to move, got to move. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you. He's he's reminding them. Sometimes we got to be reminded what the Lord has done. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you travel through the wilderness just as a father, watch this, a father cares for his child. Now he has brought you to this place just like a father cares for his child. Amen. A a good father is there with his child, with his sons, with his daughters. Amen. Amen. Pouring into them. He says, as you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way, as you traveled through the wilderness, just as a father cares for his child, now he has brought you to this place. He's brought you to this place. Look at the next verse. Come on. Come on. But even after all he did, Y'all raise your hand right quick. Raise your hand right quick. Raise, y'all raise your hand. Wave. Everybody raise your hand. Wave. 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 Some of y'all are sleeping. I feel it in my spirit. Say, sleep demon, get off me. Okay, good, good, good. I only got about 13 minutes, so hold on with me, okay? So, so keep the sleep demon, demon at bay, amen? <laughs> and if it was you, you know it was you. I mean, I, I didn't see you, but I just felt it in my spirit, okay? So don't come up out of church say, I know you're something, Pastor. Some of y'all give y'all stuff away. i told you Ninety-nine percent of the time, I don't see anybody. that just comes in my spirit. But when you come and tell me, I know it was you. So just be cool. But watch this. He reminds them of everything God had done. But even after all He did, you refused to trust the Lord your God. You refused to trust Him. Look at the next verse. Come on, let's read. Verse 33: Who goes before you, looking for the best places to camp, guiding you with a pillar of fire by night? and a pillar of cloud by day. God would give them a, a, a pillar of a, a, a fire by night so they could see their way, and then during the daytime, he would, he would cover them with a the cloud. See, we can we understand that in Louisiana, don't we? See, when, in, in the summer heat, when it's 100 degrees outside, when when a cloud comes over in a cool breeze, you appreciate that, right? Any of y'all have been outside working? In a flower bed or outside? Amen. having to participate in sports and it's hot like that, when that cloud comes over, y'all say, thank you, Jesus, for a little cover, amen? He says, I got you with a a, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day, amen? So you know all this, but fear will cause you to displease God's promise. Last last thing I want to say on this, and I'm going to give you a couple things, and we're going to move on. Fear disobeys God's principles, Fear disobeys God's principles. Look, look back at verse number 26 of this same chapter. Fear disobeys God's principles. That's what it does, amen? Disobeys God's principles. It says, look at what he says. Uh, uh, let's go to 25. Go to 25 right quick. It says, they picked some of its fruit and brought it back to us. Talk about those, those, those 12 spies went over to the land to spy it out. Check it out. They picked some of his fruit and brought it back to us. And they reported, watch this, the land the Lord our God has given us is indeed a good land. In other words, it's just like God said it was. It's just like God said it was. How many of y'all know God is true to his promises? His word, he cannot lie. If God would have start lying, this world would just disintegrate. He cannot lie. So it was just like he said. But look at this next verse. Watch this. But you rebelled against the command of the Lord, your God, and refused to go in. It's just like God said it was. God said every place that your foot treads upon, I've already given to you, it's yours. Go and possess it. But guess what? They refused to go in. Guys, let me tell you something. Point number three, point number five, I'm sorry, fear disobeys God's principles and his commands, his word. It's a harsh truth, but fear, when fear when fear calls you not to obey what the word of God says, you are in rebellion. He says you rebelled against the command of God. So if I rebelled against the command of God, then that means I'm walking, I'm walking in disobedience, plain and simple. If I'm walking in disobedience, that means I'm walking in sin. So every time I know that God said something, but I don't do that, then that's rebellion. That's why we got to deal with fear, because fear will cause you to rebel against the command of God. One one, one area, we talked about how fear, financial problems causes fear. One one area that that people are fearful in is, is releasing their finances the way God says release it. Got one amen on that one. When we fail to release our finances, when we fail to return unto God that which belongs to him and to sow liberally like he told us to. There have been times, I'm sure some of y'all, God is prompting your spirit to do a certain thing or to sow a certain thing in somebody's life or sow it in an offering that was beyond what you normally give. Your five dollars, what you normally give, if that's all you got, you give your five dollars. But, but there may be some time when God said, put 25 in there. God may say, put 100 in there. You say, well, God, I don't do 100 on offerings. Maybe on tide, but not offering God. But you know what the Bible says? You've robbed me in tithes and offering. The tide belongs to God, so the tide really ain't giving. The tide is returning back to God what belongs to him. If you borrow my car and bring it back to me, you did not give me a car. You returned to me what belonged to me. Okay? But if you are afraid to release, fear is causing you Disobey God. That's why we got to deal with that spirit of fear. Now, guys, I'm not beating anybody over the head. All of us, in some areas of our life, are operating, and we have some destructive fear there. That that fear that if 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 you're fearful of doing something, and and that fear is causing you to not do what the revealed Word of God says, that's sin. And that's what was happening right here. He says, "But you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God." And refuse to go in. You refuse to go in. Now, guys, let, let me give you some some strategies for overcoming your fears. And then then I'm gonna and and after that, what I'm gonna do? I don't I don't have time to, to finish it today. But I'm gonna give you some strategies for overcoming your fear. But but after that, on next next Sunday, I'm gonna talk about uh, how to understand that that uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you some uh, give you some principles to understand and embrace faith because. What we see happening here with the nation of Israel and what we see happening in our own lives is is that we are at a crossroads a lot of times. Faith and fear cannot coexist in the heart for a prolonged period of time. In other words, words, faith and fear can't coexist. Either you're operating in faith or you're operating out of fear. Faith says, "I, I don't see it, I don't know how, but I trust you. And I see what your word says, and but God, I, I, I hadn't figured it out. But God, I know you know how to make a way out of no way. Somebody here know and have experienced God making a way out of no way. Some of y'all know that He's pulled fish out of fish and bread out of bread for your table. Can I get half a word? Somebody here knows that He made a way. That song said, "Don't know how, but you did it." Don't know why, but I'm grateful. He made a way. So strategy for overcoming our fear. Real quickly. Are y'all still with me? Did I lose anybody? All right, so so, so number one, the first thing is you got to understand fear's origin. Now we know ultimately that Satan uh, will speak to us lies and Satan Satan is the originator of lies. He tells you stuff to get you to, 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 to operate in fear. Look at John 8 and 44, me pop that up real quick. John, the 8th chapter verse number 44. So if, you, if you're gonna overcome your fear, you got to understand where did that fear come from. Are y'all with me? Having a healthy understanding of what the Bible says about conquering our fears is, is, is crucial for us experiencing shalom in our life peace in our life We, we got to get there guys because if God if he said fear not don't be afraid more than any other commandment why do you think he did that because a lot of us are operating in fear we are operating in fear there, you know there are people guys I'm gonna tell you, uh, you you can look at any number of people who've who overcome fears in their life and done some successful things but they had to overcome that fear. The Bible presents, guys, the journey of overcoming our fears. It's a joint venture. You know what a joint venture is? A joint venture in the business world means that two companies come together for a specific purpose. A lot of times this happens on construction projects when when maybe there's a project that's bigger than what one company can handle on their own. They don't have the resources, they'll do a joint venture for that particular project. And they will come together and match resources to make sure they can get that big job done. Well guys, we on joint venture with God. Our journey of faith is not ours alone. God is there with us to help us to get to where we need to get to. Amen. And, but what we got to do is we can't ignore our partner. Some of us are trying to walk this Christian life and we are ignoring our joint venture partner, the Holy Spirit who's there to help us, the paraclete, the one who's caught alongside to help us. We're ignoring him. We're ignoring God's word. So conquering your fear. Look at the text. It says, For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He, this is Jesus talking, y'all. He, he has always hated the truth. Devil ain't going to tell you the truth about yourself or anybody else. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father lies. Devil started lying. So what he'll do is just speak lies to you. So conquering your fears, first thing we said is you got to understand fear's origin. Where did it come from? Let me, my wife, and she's in the back listening. Now, My wife uh, had a terrible fear of water, swimming pools. Okay? And she did. And, but you know what? When we started digging back, we understood where that came from. When, uh, when she was a little girl, they, were, you know, they would be in the, in the tub playing uh, after you take a bath. And then she thought that because she could swim in the bathtub, that she could swim in a swimming pool. Huh? You know like you know most kids, you you know, kids kids don't don't necessarily grow up with fears on the inside of we teach them fear. Some stuff your children scared of because you don't told us you better you better go to sleep because I'm gonna turn the light out, you better go to because the boogeyman gonna get you. Now they think of boogeyman out there. Now the child scared the dog because you don't told them some monster gonna get them if they don't go to sleep. But now so watch out for instilling fears into your children, cheering. So she was swimming in the bathtub. So one, one summer, she went, they went to Cincinnati. This is when she was a young girl. and Her, her older sister, Sue, who was married at the time, uh, and, and her uncle, Skip, uh, they went to Cincinnati for a summer, and Skip took them swimming. But what, what, what he was doing was working with each one of them um, and trying to teach them how to swim. But Moraria, you know, being Moraria thought that I swam in the bathtub at home, so I'm ready to swim in this big old swimming pool. So what does she do, Tiffany? She jumps off the bank, not waiting on Uncle Skip, and starts to try to swim in the big swimming pool, and started to go down. And so we had to bring up, so from that point forward, up until just last year or so, she had a fear of big bodies of water. But she said, here's what she said. She says, uh, I got. To, I, got I, I want to overcome this fear. And But she traced it back to the origin, which started with her jumping in the pool when she thought she knew how to swim when she didn't know how to swim. And then she, along with Monica Harris, I think, and Jackie, they, t- they started taking swimming lessons. And she learned how to swim. And now, when it first started, the first lesson, she, that fear was rising up on the inside of her. And, and it was, even so she had a life jacket on, she was scared. Because the fear was traced back to the bathtub and the pool in Cincinnati. But as she learned how to swim, and now she's overcame that fear. Guys, some of y'all got some fears in your life that you got to overcome, but the first step in overcoming is, is find out what, Understand that fear's origin. Where did it come from? What? Who told you that you couldn't speak publicly? There are a lot of folks who. Uh, who one one of the greatest fears that that, that most people tell you is, is is the fear of public speaking. And some of the, sometimes that goes back to grade school when you had to get up in front of the class and you start talking and you were scared and then somebody snickered and laughed at you. Or you start looking at people. Uh, I I told you before, guys, I'm I'm the least likely candidate to be doing what I'm doing today. Because of my shy nature coming up, I never saw myself being in front of people speaking like I'm speaking to you guys today. Because I was fearful of that. But you know what? Somewhere along the line, God started putting more and more opportunity in front of me. And then as I did it more, I became more confident, not just in the ability to be able to speak and to share the word of God particularly, but to speak publicly. But but whatever fear it is that you have, even if it's the fear of not being able to make it, the fear of, uh, you know, the fear of uh, I'm going under, who told you that? What you got to do, and, and, and my time is up and I'm stopping, what you got to do is this. Find out where did that come from. You got to understand fear's origin. We know it comes from the enemy. He tells us lies about ourselves. But even more specifically, what happened in your history, your family of origin situation that caused you to be fearful about certain things? What causes you not to be able to trust God in an area where he's clearly said, I've already given you the land. I've already delivered you. It's yours. Go in and possess it. What's causing you to stand still like the children of Israel did and and, and afraid to go over into your land of promise? Well, I don't have enough money. I can't tell you. I've I've read about the stories of countless of people who started business and didn't have a whole lot of money. We got one in the church, Kevin Shaw, didn't have a whole lot of money. He 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 knew how to bust concrete and and, and, and start out with, with, with a few little items, but now he's running his own company. Mandy Neal didn't have a whole lot of money. Just had a whole lot of faith. What's stopping you from entering into your land of promise? Fear is an obstacle. Now, well, we're going we're to drill down deep on this and we're going to talk about faith because God, God wants you to know. I don't know who you are in this church today, but this message resonated so strong in my spirit Because I sense that many of you sitting here in this church have fears that are causing you not to move into your land of promise. Some of you have have fears about relationships. I can't trust another man because I've been hurt by five of them. Well, maybe if you start viewing relationships the way God views them, you'll stop getting hurt. And you'll understand what is healthy and what's not healthy. You'll identify it real quickly when you follow God's plan. But you can't go by your flesh. He cute. So what? He fine. So what? Cute and fine get old. Well, he good and bad. How you know? Let me tell you something. Good and bad will get old, too. You can't have sex 24 7. Can I talk to you? Sometimes he got to be able to hold a conversation. Oh, you look good. Oh, you fine. Oh, let me squeeze that. No, you need more than that. I'm out of time. I thank you for your Give the Lord a hand of praise.